Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership and much more Live on Sky Sports and you're welcome back to Off The Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you 3 to 5 this evening. This is Football Saturday. Remember, Football and Off The Ball brought to you by Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, EFL, Scottish Premiership and much more. Live on Sky Sports, you can text us 53106. Tweet us at Off The Ball. Listen on News Talk across the country. Also, watch us on the digital channels on YouTube, Facebook, on Twitter. All for Off The Ball. We're joined in studio by the League of Ireland. And you had an issue with me calling you an FAI Cup winner, Graham Gartland. <laughs> it was more the singularity of it was what okay. caught me out. So like, do you want like to you go just, through your own no, honour? Singularity. Yeah, that yeah, it's a great, great tune by John Hopkins. But you were, you were very, I mean, you, you brought up uh, 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 no, the break. You, were, you, you, you weren't happy. You weren't having things. it. Broadcaster and journalist, you're like, what are you talking about? Freelance over there. Give it. What else? Sorry, what, what else did you win? Relo- no. Show us your medals. You won a league, what? Was it Drahadi you won the league? Yeah. Yeah, it was 05, was it? You have a computer in front of you, just try that. But it's not on the computer in front of you. It is. It isn't. Google it then. You don't need me to tell you because it just looks like a humble brag. Graham was a good player. the king of the humble brag. Graham was a good player and he won the he won the lot. Oh, you changed the thing. Thanks very much. <laughs> Cheers, Shane. X L O I star Graham Gartland. Now that's the way you're going to yeah. be introduced. Uh, from yeah, exactly. It'll yeah. be X O T B star by the end of today. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. no, we're giving bunch here. Uh, Laro is also on the line. The Liverpool and Le- Republic of Ireland legend. Yeah, what did he win as well? <laughs> Laro won a Euro- he won a European Cup, uh, five league titles. Yeah, exactly. That's why I wasn't bringing and, her up. And a few milk cups and the FA Cup. Another thing I was saying during the break, Janice, is he's just like reeling off the names of Bobby Charlton yeah. and Nobby Soyles as if we were on about his first cousin, and it's like. Yeah, Laura's actually been around some pretty interesting people in the game. Actually, just interested because the documentary is coming out about Ronaldo, uh, Il Phenomeno, the original Ronaldo. Laura, you would have seen him at the World Cup in Japan and everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was he was the best player in the world, wasn't he, for a while? But you know the thing about him, he just looked so easily, and just yeah. he just he just in every time you looked at him as well, in the he was just laughing. And you think, how, how on earth can you have so much talent and be such a, a bloke who's just kind of, ah, oh, yeah, well, this is it. It's okay. It's just Haaland's a bit similar. Who? Haaland's a bit similar. He's just like, oh, yeah. There was a brilliant article in The Guardian about his fourth season in Inter Milan and the stats he put up and the performance he's put in. And one of them was obviously away in the Champions League and Moscow on the the pitch that was like a potato field but he's saying his stats in that season but it was more that who he was playing against mm. so all the defences that he was up against but he still managed to score a ridiculous amount of goals just before the 98 World Cup mm. about how actually good his season was at Inter Milan as one of the standout seasons for any player because of obviously the quality of the league everybody thinks his Barcelona year in 96 was phenomenal but his 97 season right. is unbelievable him and I think it was him and Del Piero were going at because Del Piero was with Juventus and he come out and says oh, I was constantly looking to see what Ronaldo was doing because he just upped it and everybody came to watch him and it uplifted the whole of Serie A just how good he was A 2-0 yeah. to Manchester City against Southampton uh, goals from Joao Cancelo and Phil Foden Chelsea nil, Wolves nil, Bournemouth nil, Leicester 1 in the Premier League Pats and Daka Newcastle 2 Brentford nil. now Bruno Guimaraes and Jacob Murphy Speaking of Ronaldo's Laro that, the, the beautiful segue to Manchester United's Cristiano Ronaldo um it was Roy Keane right the other day is it unfair that he was left on the bench against City is he getting a raw deal now from Ten Hag yeah I think he is because he couldn't have done as as bad as, as all the others and also is, is he the only one in the team at the moment who looks like he's going to score a goal so um, as we know scoring goals wins your game so he, he, he is a little they bit they got three yeah. against Man City is what they got three against Man City yeah, but I mean, they've packed in Man City, haven't they? Mm. They've given up by then. So, um, 
Yeah, I just I think it underlines what 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 a job as obviously it's going to be at Manchester United as everybody knows. But you know the thing about Ronaldo, even if he's not scoring, he, he will he will entertain defenders. So from that point of view, you'd have him anyway. You might just, you know, it might be the last 25 minutes in a game and on he goes and he's fresh and one thing and another. But yeah, you'd, you'd, why wouldn't you use him? I don't, I don't get that. Is it maybe because he only walks around and he's not suitable to the style of play of Ten Hag? And maybe... well, who, is, who is suitable to the style of play at Ten Hag at the moment? Maybe Rashford, Martial, perhaps. Well, they're, not, they're not really a pressing team anymore. They're, they're a, they've become a bit of a counter-attacking team as yeah, well. And the absolutely. counter-attacking team is off the side. So if, if he is going to drop in and connect the game, then he's going to have pace on the outside of him. So they're not really pressing from the front the way Liverpool, or, or we said Liverpool used to do, or the way Man City are. They've become a little bit of a, like what they've done with Arsenal, was catch them on the counter-attack and waiting for opportunities to, to exploit. So he could be that central one that comes yeah. in, drops links the game, they get into wide areas and he still has the pace to make the box then, especially for well, cutbacks. Also, he has the cleverness to, to, to get in front of people yeah. anyway from the sides, definitely. Yeah. He's also, though, you got to remember, he's also pretty much a year older than what we were talking about last season. It's I, I don't know. I, I thought a lot of the stuff Roy Keane said, JD, was pretty questionable in terms of what, well, what... But it had the desired effect though, didn't it? Yeah, well, it was a bit of... Like, Do not feel he should be treated better by Man United? The Man City thing was, I mean, why, like, you don't need to bring him on. The game is done. Like, should you not be, like, using him as sparingly as you can? And he's he's a problem for Ten Hag. I think Ten Hag has done well this season. Um, they were out of their depth maybe last Sunday, but they've had a good season. They're doing better maybe than looked likely after the first few games. And he's dealt with the Maguire... Ronaldo's situation quite well. The thing with Keane, JD, was it, it seemed like Roy Keane was uh, you know, implying that there was all these sort of options for Ronaldo in the off-season. I don't think there were. I think he's hard to get rid of at the moment. Yeah, you're there for another season, I isn't don't, he? I don't, think, I don't think there were any options, I think, because anything that he would add an interest in, I think he would have gone. Surely, yeah. it's his yeah. wages, though, isn't it? Mm. Who can who can yeah. pay him? He's he's one of the you just hope you, you just hope he's the dressing room is all right, you know, from a United perspective. Um, yeah. So they're going to Everton tomorrow. Like like Frank Lampard, seven o'clock kickoff. Strangely enough, like they got the best defensive record in the league. I think I'd never hear myself saying that about Everton and Frank Lampard. But his his two centre backs are his two, two centre backs are really good players. You Cody know, and Tarkovsky, yeah. And they, it's, they basically pinched the two of them. So they they've done great from that point of view. And they've got a very very um, good goalkeeper. I know he can be a bit of a tool at times, but he's a very very good goalkeeper. So in you terms know, of his mistakes, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 really got something to build on, haven't they? Because they're difficult to score against. So if you can get the rest of the thing sorted, and if Calvert Lewin ever decides that you know to play football rather than lie on the treatment bench, treatment table, then you know they're going to go up the league. Yeah, he's got a, he lost two games from Ace. It's like when people were writing his obituary. Well, a few it's weeks interesting ago. that like the the Lampard Gerrard uh, kind of. They're almost in the same boat, aren't they, in terms of the discourse yeah. and the narrative? And and Lampard's beginning to, you know, stabilise. And Gerard, there are definitely questions to be answered. The two there. totally yeah. different characters, you know, for all this. Yeah, we spoke about it before on here about. You, I remember doing one of the shows, and you were asking me about why I thought Gerard was going to be successful, and he brought all his staff with him from Rangers. But I think the big one that he's lost Michael is Michael Beale, yeah. mm. and and because when you hear of everything that's gone on, that he's you know, he would be on them tactically. He, he has a group chat with the with the players that he would have been sending videos to them and watched them. A lot of that has died down uh, yeah. since since he's left. And I think what Lampard has done is Lampard reinvented his coaching staff than what he had at, at um, Chelsea. Jody Morris didn't come with him. 
yeah. think he brought um, Ashley Cole in. He's brought other other uh, staff in with him, and he's gone and said, right, well, we can't play as open as we did at Chelsea. We're going to be a lot more solid and a lot more pragmatic. I agree with Lardo. We touched on it as well. The two centre backs are, are really good organisers. Connor Cody, especially, really yeah. good organiser. Gets people in around. They don't give up soft, silly goals the way they used to last season, and they're building off the platform of we're going to be difficult to beat. And then if we get a chance, and that breeds confidence that, again, all you need is one chance to win a game if you're keeping that amount of clean sheets. Do you know, do you know the other thing, and it might be overstating this a bit, but I think one thing Lampard has on his side is that Goodison is a cauldron. Like it's uh, At certain times. At certain times, but like, like if they get behind them, yeah. If they get behind, like a lot of the Premier League grounds are particularly the good, the good teams. There are a lot of day trippers, and there's no real, there's like the Etihad today. There's probably not much of an atmosphere there. You see a lot of people on their phones. Goodison, they, they're hardcore fans, and it's a hard place to play for opposition. And they are rowing in behind them, and uh, I, I'm quite surprised. But they're, they are climbing up the table, and tomorrow will be a good test for Man United. Was why, is, why is that game at seven o'clock? Europe is it? Uh, I need to check. I need mm. to check. To do with Man United in Europe and their travel, I think. This game as well, JD. We're, we're sorry, Lord. We're, we're two minutes before uh, half time here. Southampton haven't had a shot on goal. Not, not 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 only not on target. They haven't had a shot on goal yet. You'd worry for Southampton. I think they could be in uh, they could be in trouble. As are Wolves. I think those two clubs are in trouble. Mm. Um, like Hassan Hootel. Every single week you seem to read uh, issues that there's a. Uh, Oh, just beautiful Here's turn Alan. by Alan. Beautiful he's, turn. He's actually not had a great game um, so far. By he's he's only had like a <laughs> nine point eight out. He actually hasn't had a great game. So it'll be interesting. He'll probably get a hat trick. Yes. It's like um, was it the ice skating? You're going to give it nine point five, nine point six. Sell him. Sell him on. Sell him. Yeah. Um, so, what, would you, what would you get for him now? Two hundred million. <laughs> well, who's got who's got two hundred million? Plen- plen- yeah. Plenty of people. Unfortunately, you shouldn't. Mm. Um, so. so so we have uh, tomorrow, Everton Man United. How do you see it, Laro? Um, for some reason, I fancy Man United, and I don't really know why, John. Okay. But uh, I, ju- I just think it'll be, it, it won't be a great game. Um, but I just think they might, they might just nick it. I think Rashford has got his confidence back, it seems. Totally. Yeah, yeah. and it, it, like you said, is that probably not overthinking when he's in, in on goal? He just... He's he's looking up and he's finishing and he's you know the fact he's willing to run beyond people again, which is what he when he when he came through that was that was what sort of set him alight was when he yeah. there the was spacing behind he was willing to run into it and he's running into it with a, more aggression and enthusiasm than he probably has done in the last couple of years. I think a lot of footballers forget what they're actually good at sometimes and want to come and play and link the game and then but his attribute is the fact that he he's paced the born and behind and you, and you have to exploit that while you have it and that will give you a space in front to play then because if you do threaten the running behind and the back four drops the space where you can come inside then and play off your right foot in front of a back four so and there's a shot and all these uh, attacking players from Man United are playing better without Ronaldo that's the point like Ronaldo the, Rashford was a mess last season and it was, I struggle with Bruno Fernandes as well Johnny like, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I, his his behaviour Sunday was like same team as him. He's an arm waver. You mm. you be, be you know someone gives the ball away, he waves the arm. You're like captain. You're not like, allowed to tackle him, are you? Yeah, but even like you you you're making your other players feel. You're meant to be inspired them and get them going. You're not meant to ridicule them to the point where I oh, look where I have to play with. It frustrates me watching them sometimes. I'd be like just. Around with your own game as well, you know. I think one of the most interesting developments this week, which I've been waiting to ask you about, JD, was uh, Matt Doherty and Conte. And this out of the blue, um, I don't know what you call it, an outburst, but like it looks like their relationship is toast. 
Yeah, and like the guy in the position and he played in Frankfurt where I was, we'll talk about it later in the show, is Emerson. And I think he's an absolute liability. And I mm. said it on the programme last week, he got sent off against Arsenal. Um, but is this a concern he, for Stephen Kenny? Because he, he is good going forward, Emerson, but he doesn't have a final product. Um, they don't trust Jed Spence at Spurs. Conte, I don't think he even wanted to sign him. So he's like, well, I'm not picking this guy. Well, what's the implication here? What, what's, what's happened to Doherty? Because like, Doherty wasn't great in the international window, for, for example, but everyone was talking about, oh, he looks amazing, he fits, yada, yada. And then, you know, Laro and Graham would know more, but I surely match sharpness is the key thing in football. And yeah, there's more to it than that, though. Like what he said during the week was. Well, well, I think I think yeah, it, it could be a situation where in January that he has to go because like Emerson is terrible. <laughs> uh, and that's a, almost a fan's view but then, then Darty, who had such a good run in the team towards the end of last season should be in the team like he looks very fit uh, and how are you going to get better without like you got to play matches they've got about nine matches in October so I don't understand why he's in the team and what the default mechanism then is to play Cessna on the left and Parasic on the right so I'm a bit, I'd be a bit worried if I was Matt Darty at Spurs Stephen Kenny's obviously thinking well the next press conference I do I'm 100% going to be asked about this um, I, I well, cause it's a good thing for Stephen Kenny he doesn't have to worry about anything until March yeah, and by that time, if Matt Darby's probably not be playing, gone, if he's not playing for Tottenham, be gone, and hopefully playing first team football at the club mm. because yeah. Seamus Coleman at right wing back. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't agree with I don't agree with him. I don't agree with Conte. Obviously, criticising these players, but I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't agree. Wouldn't have, wouldn't have agreed with Darby and coming out and criticising Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane the way he did neither. I think, I think there's certain things that need to be kept in house and as like, so yeah. I, he's been on the end of probably a manager coming out and criticising him in the press and but he's done the same to a previous regime as well so that's they're, they're the things that ha- that shouldn't happen in my opinion I think if, if you're unhappy with something and you go and speak to a manager about it the same if the manager's unhappy with you he speaks to you about it but that would be my opinion on, on it that he's done it to a manager as well so he knows how it feels all is not well though at Spurs it's all not clicking uh, even though they're third on the table uh, even from the other night there's just something not right and even Stephen Hunter was saying on the football kickoff maybe Richarlison has destabilised the balance of the front uh, players there's almost too many of them and they need Kulisevsky in the team to create a link between defence and attack so I think we miss him Joe Kulisevsky because yeah. he's a player yeah. isn't he yeah. yeah and I just don't he's know if, his he's, yeah he's out with the hammers he's not going to play against Brighton I'm just a bit worried about that like Hoiberg and Bentancur are good players good players more defensive players but I don't think they've got that I'd love to see Spurs have a James Madison in the team but then you probably have a, you have a, a tops heavy abundance of riches at the top, and mm-hmm. uh, defensively, I don't know, but Larry's at times can be a little bit suspect. Yeah. You know, they seem to lack control in games, JD. Like I know the yeah. way they play, but yeah, I like, think they should with Ben Tuck, Ben Ben, ben like, against Frankfurt. They got control in the second half, mm-hmm. but they have not had the flu- the fluency as it were as a team mm-hmm. that they had towards the end of last season. I was actually going through there was I think the Athletic had a league or something like that um, for the la- exactly the last year. And it was City, Liverpool, Arsenal, Spurs, but uh, Chelsea and Newcastle were kind of cl- quite close to them. If it kept, keeps going that way, you can kind of see the plate shifting in the next 18 months that Chelsea, given the fact that they've unlimited money again, uh, if, as long as there's not too much interference from the, um, the top. And Newcastle uh, might start to you know, get into those top four positions. Totally. Obviously, Chelsea should default be in the top four. but um, Liverpool are in a battle for the top four now. Like. Hey, well, he's had some image change, hasn't he, Graham Potter? Yeah. He looked like a Bond villain the other day for Chelsea. <laughs> was all more milk tray, man. Yeah, it was, was. He looked great. I was like, what happened here? When did, guys, where did he go from? If- guys, I've got a question for you. How much do you think Brighton got for him? I'd say about 2.5 million. <laughs> less, less than Mark Kukurea's transfer. Let's put go it that on. way. Put it that way. Anyone else? Um, no guess from me. Must no be. Guess. Is it higher, Laurel? 
22. Compensation. 22? Yeah. Well, but they, pay, they got the whole staff, Dolores. That's for the whole the whole team, is it? Even so. 20, 22 million. That's where they got the turtle neck from. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say 22 yeah, million? The only reason I know is because I, I, I was at the Brighton game and I spoke to um, one of the directors who I've known there for years and they actually volunteered to me I said you've done great the manager and they went yeah 22 million I think and I, I think it might have only been it might have been 22 and a half it just I've just heard 22 no this is the compensation obviously he would have had a long contract at Brighton so well he did he did yeah. take he took five or six of the staff went didn't he Billy Reid like he took the goal he took everybody like you, you, yeah. you know how do you think he's going to do Laro uh, Potter uh, good question um I know, I know from people at Brighton that he's, he's, he was very, very good. And, the, you know, people like Lorna will tell you that he was as good as anybody as a coach. And he's had Klopp, other people, people like that. Just a bit different, Chelsea, isn't it? And I don't know how patient this new guy will be. He seems to be changing absolutely everybody, medical staff, the whole kind of thing. I think it's just one of them. If you, if you go through a spell where you lose three or four games out of five or six, anyone can get the bullet now can't they anybody scored just before half time Chelsea as we speak so the goal coming from Kai Havertz doesn't score enough but he's a a quality player Chelsea won Wolves nil at half time also half time in the Premier League Bournemouth nil Leicester won and Man City 2 Southampton nil and Newcastle 2 Brentford nil and in the Championship Birmingham 2 Bristol City nil as a half time Blackburn 1 Rotherham nil it's Blackpool 1 Watford 1 Coventry nil Burnley 1 Millwall 1, Middlesbrough 0, Norwich 1, Preston 1, Stoke 2, Sheffield United 1, Swansea 2, Sunderland 0, West Brom 0, Luton 0 and Wigan 0, Cardiff 1 and in Scotland, Celtic 1 earlier on 2-1 in injury time against St. Johnston. Hibernian 0, Motherwell 0 is a half-time score as is Rangers 2, St. Mirren 0 and Livingston 0, Ross County 0. 6 o'clock start for Dundee United Aberdeen. We're speaking about Spurs. They they kick off against Brighton at half-five. Laurel, before we let you go, Arsenal-Liverpool tomorrow. What's your feeling and why? Um, I'll take a point now from Liverpool's point of view. I think it's going to be a really tough game for them and I don't see yet them posing too many problems for Arsenal, but uh, I think they're going to have to sit tight a little bit in this game. What about Nunez? Uh, what have you made of him so far? He was good. The other, I think, you know what, he's one of those, John, I think he's, he's a player we just got to leave him on his own up front. He's that, he's that kind of player and... Uh, he tried too hard, to be honest with you. He could have had a hat-trick um, against against Rangers, but he, t- he tried too hard. But he actually, his movement was really good and he linked up really, really well. But he, he needs a goal. He just needs a goal like anybody because you're a striker. But I, I think he's going to be a good player. I don't think there's any problem about that. Yeah. But I, I just think he's one of those through the middle, let him go and play and let him do his own thing. And I think once he starts scoring, he won't stop. His comments about the language barrier with Klopp were quite Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, yeah, I read that. I didn't week. see that. What was that? I didn't, you I just, just don't talk really. They, 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 there just seems to be a bit of a disconnect from what, what mm. the reports that the language barrier between them and Klopp, he's still learning. They're learning as well. He's still reeling uh, from the send-off against Palace as well, I think, in terms of yeah. getting the fans you know, onside and... Um, yeah, he needs a, he needs a goal in a big game. Yeah, he needs to score tomorrow. the winner tomorrow or something. Yeah. He needs a goal tomorrow. He needs a goal tomorrow. But Pepe Pepe Linders, he, he speaks good uh, Spanish, doesn't he? So yeah, yeah. Um, you have to change the way he played, Oloro, because Liverpool always played with a nine that dropped in. Like Bobby Firmino was the one that dropped in, and 
he was the one that actually dropped in and helped them press. As the, he he would sit on the deepest midfielder as well. Mm. And and Nunes is like you said, he wants space down the side of centre backs. He wants to get crosses in, and the space down the side of centre backs was normally the the space that Salah and Mane would run into. So Liverpool yeah. are adapting to that change. Is that if the wingers are going to come short and inside? They want the full back, but then where's the space for Nunes to run then? Like you said, he wants to stay in the box and in front of the goal, but he's not going to drop in and link the game as well as maybe Firmino uh, did as well. I think I think he might be a better player away from home, to be honest with you. Because mm. he was good against Liverpool in, in Benfica oh, in, in the yeah, games he played. Off, we took him off, off the back of both games. Yeah. We, we tortured them. Yeah. Canate uh, at home at Anfield, he, had, he didn't know if it was New York or New Year. He had him all over the place. And uh, but then, in, in fairness to uh, to Nunes, he was dropping short, you know, turning, going in behind, and everything. He, he looked, he looked a fabulous player. Laro, thanks so much. Enjoy tomorrow. Will do. Mark Lawrence in there, and between four and five, Graham Gartland and Johnny Ward are staying with us, and we'll also speak to Dan McDonald of the Irish Independent, who's in Frankfurt ahead of the European Championship draw tomorrow who are the Republic of Ireland going to get plenty to discuss plenty in the League of Ireland plenty on away days uh, as well between 4 and 5 speak then OTB GAA you know Offaly had won by a last minute goal so my inspirational speech actually backfired on me (laughs) (laughs) subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League Scottish Premiership and much more Live on Sky Sports And you're welcome back to Off The Ball Saturday here on News Talk John Duggan with you 3 to 5 this evening This is Football Saturday Remember Football on Off The Ball Brought to you by Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League EFL, Scottish Premiership and much more Live on Sky Sports You can text us 53106 Tweet us at Off The Ball Listen on News Talk across the country Also watch us on the digital channels On YouTube, Facebook, on Twitter all for off the ball. We're joined in studio by the League of Ireland and you had an issue with me calling you an FAI Cup winner, Graham Gartland. It was more the singularity of it was what okay. caught me out. So like, do you want like to you go through your role of honour? Singularity. Yeah, that was yeah, good. It's a great, great tune by John Hopkins. But you were, you were very, I mean, you, you brought up uh, 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 no, well, you, were, you, you weren't happy. You weren't having it. Broadcaster and journalist, you're like, what are you talking about? Freelance over there. Give it. What else? Sorry, what, what else did you win? No. Show us your medals. You won a league, what? Was it Drahadi you won the league? Yeah, yeah, it was 05, was it? You just have a computer in front of you, just try but that. But like, it's not on the computer in front of it you. It is. It isn't. <laughs> Google it then. You don't need me to tell you, because it just looks like a humble brag. Graham, was a, Graham was a good I'm player. the king of the humble brag. Yeah. Yeah. Graham was a good player and he won the, he won the lot. Oh, you changed the thing. Thanks very much. <laughs> Cheers, Shane. XLOI star, Graham Gartland. Now, that's the way you're going to yeah. be introduced. Uh, from yeah, now on. exactly. It'll yeah. be XOTB star by the end of today. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. no, we're forgiving bunch here. Uh, Laro is also on the line, the Liverpool Le- and Republic of Ireland legend. Yeah, what does he win as well? <laughs> Laro won a, Euro- won a European Cup, uh, five league titles. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's why I wasn't bringing and, her up. And a few milk cups and the FA Cup. Another thing I was saying during the break, Jenny, is he's just like reeling off the names of Bobby Charlton yeah. and Nobby Soyles as if we were on about his first cousin. And it's like, yeah, yeah, Laura's actually been around some pretty interesting people in the game. Actually, just interested because the documentary is coming out about Ronaldo, uh, Il Phenomeno, the original Ronaldo. Laura, you would have seen him at the World Cup in Japan and everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was he was the best player in the world, wasn't he, for a while? But you know the thing about him, he just it looked so easily, and just yeah. he just he just in every time you looked at him as well, in the he was just laughing. And you think, how, how on earth can you have so much talent and be such a, a bloke who's just kind of, ah, oh, yeah, well, this is it. It's okay. It's just Harlan's a bit similar. 
Who? Haaland's a bit similar. He's just like, oh yeah. There was a brilliant article in The Guardian about his fourth season in Inter Milan and the stats he put up and the performance he's put in. And one of them was obviously away in the Champions League and Moscow on the, the pitch that was like a potato field. But he's saying his stats in that season, but it was more that who he was playing against. Mm. So all the defences that he was up against, but he still managed to score a ridiculous amount of goals just before the 98 World Cup mm. about how actually good his season was at Inter Milan as one of the standout seasons for any player because of obviously the quality of the league everybody thinks his Barcelona year in 96 was phenomenal but his 97 season right. is unbelievable him and I think it was him and Del Piero were going at because Del Piero was with Juventus and he come out and says oh, I was constantly looking to see what Ronaldo was doing because he just upped it and everybody came to watch him and it uplifted the whole of Serie A just how good he was a 2-0 yeah. to Manchester City against Southampton. Uh, goals from Joao Cancelo and Phil Foden. Chelsea nil, Wolves nil, Bournemouth nil, Leicester one in the Premier League. Pats and Daka, Newcastle two, Brentford nil. Now Bruno Guimaraes and Jacob Murphy. Speaking of Ronaldo's, Laro, that the, the beautiful segue to Manchester United's Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, it's, it's, it was Roy Keane right the other day? Is it unfair that he was left on the bench against City? Is he getting a raw deal now from Ten Hag? Yeah, I think he is. Because he couldn't have done as as bad as as all the others, and also is is the only one in the team at the moment who looks like he's going to score a goal. So um, as we know, scoring goals wins your game. So he, he, he is a little. They bit, got yeah. three against Man City. Is what they got three against Man City. Yeah, but I mean they packed in Man City, haven't they? Mm. They've given up by then. So um, yeah, I just I think it underlines what what. What a job, as obviously, it's going to be at Manchester United, as everybody knows. But, you know, the thing about Ronaldo, even if he's not scoring, he, he, will, he will entertain defenders. So, from that point of view, you'd have him anyway. You might just, you know, it might be the last 25 minutes in a game and on he goes and he's fresh and, and one thing and another. But, yeah, you, 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 why wouldn't you use him? I don't, I don't get that. Is it maybe because he only walks around and he's not suitable to the style of play of Ten Hag? And maybe well, it, was, it was suitable to the style of play at Ten Hag at the moment. Maybe Rashford, Martial, perhaps. Well, yeah, they're not. They're not really a pressing team anymore. They're, they're a, they've become a bit of a counter-attacking team as yeah, well, and the absolutely. counter-attacking team is off the side. So if if he is going to drop in and connect the game, then he's going to have pace on the outside of him. So they're not really pressing from the front the way Liverpool or, or we said Liverpool used to do or the way Man City are. They're, they become a little bit of a, like what they done with Arsenal was catch them on the counter-attack and waiting for opportunities to, to exploit. So he could be that centre one that comes in, drops the links the game, they get into wide areas and he still has the pace to make the box then, especially for well, cutbacks. Also, he has the cleverness to, to, to get in front of people yeah. anyway from the sides, definitely. Yeah. He's also though you got to remember he's also pretty much a year older than what we were talking about last season. It's I I don't know. I, I thought a lot of the stuff Roy Keane said JD was pretty questionable in terms of what. Well, what but it had the desired effect, though, didn't it? Yeah, well, it was a bit of like you're not feeling he should be treated better by Man United. The Man City thing was, I mean, why, like you don't need to bring him on. The game is done. Like you're, should you not be like using him as sparingly as you can? And he's. He's a problem for Ten Hag. I think Ten Hag has done well this season. Um, they were out of their depth maybe last Sunday, but they've had a good season. They're doing better maybe than looked likely after the first few games. And he's dealt with the Maguire-Ronaldo situation quite well. The thing with Keane, JD, was it, it seemed like Roy Keane was uh, you know, implying that there was all these sort of options for Ronaldo in the off-season. I don't think there were. I think he's hard to get rid of at the moment. Yeah, you're there for another season, isn't I don't, he? I don't, think, I don't think there are any options, I think, because anything that he would had an interest in, I think he would have gone, 
Surely. Yeah. It's his yeah. wages, though, isn't it? Mm. Who can, who can yeah. pay him? He's, he's one of the you just hope, you, you just hope he's, the dressing room is all right, you know, from a United perspective. Um, yeah. So they're going to Everton tomorrow. Like, like Frank Lampard, 7 o'clock kickoff, strangely enough. Like, they've got the best defensive record in the league. I think I'd never he- hear myself saying that about Everton and Frank Lampard. But his two centre-backs are really good players, you Cody know. Cody and Tarkovsky, yeah. And they, it's, they basically pinched the two of them. So they've, they've done great from that point of view. And they've got a very, very um, good goalkeeper. I know he can be a bit of a tool at times, but he's a very, very good goalkeeper. So, in you terms know, of his mistakes, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 really got something to build on, haven't they? Because they're difficult to score against. So if you can get the rest of the thing sorted, and if Calvert Lewin ever decides that you know to play football rather than lie on the treatment bench, treatment table, then you know they're going to go up the league. Yeah, he's got a, he lost two games from Ace. It's like when people were writing his obituary. But a few it's weeks interesting ago. that like the the Lampard Gerrard uh, kind of. They're almost in the same boat, aren't they, in terms of the discourse yeah. and the narrative? And and Lampard's beginning to, you know, stabilise. And Gerard, there are definitely questions to be answered. The two there. totally yeah. different characters, you know, for all this. Yeah, we spoke about it before on here about. You, I remember doing one of the shows, and you were asking me about why I thought Gerard was going to be successful, and he brought all his staff with him from Rangers. But I think the big one that he's lost Michael is Michael Beale, yeah. mm. and and because when you hear of everything that's gone on, that he's. You know, he would be on them tactically. He, he has a group chat with the with the players that he would have been sending videos to them, watch them. A lot of that has died down uh, yeah. since since he's left. And I think what Lampard has done is Lampard reinvented his coaching staff than what he had at, at um, Chelsea. Jody Morris didn't come with him. I think yeah. he brought um, Ashley Cole in. He's brought other other uh, staff in with him, and he's gone and said, "Right, well, we can't play as open as we did at Chelsea. We're going to be a lot more solid and a lot more pragmatic." I agree with Lordo. We touched on it as well. The two centre backs are, are really good organisers. Connor Cody, especially, really yeah. good organiser. Gets people in around. They don't give up soft, silly goals the way they used to last season. And they're building off the platform of we're going to be difficult to beat. And then if we get a chance, and that breeds confidence that. Again, all you need is one chance to win a game if you're keeping that amount of clean sheets. Do you know? Do you know the other thing? And I might be overstating this a bit, but I think one thing Lampard has on his side is that Goodison is a cauldron. Like it's uh, at certain times. At certain times, but like, like if they get behind them, yeah. if they get behind, like a lot of the Premier League grounds are particularly the good, the good teams. There are a lot of day trippers, and there's no real. There's like the Etihad today. There's probably not much of an atmosphere there. You see a lot of people on their phones. Goodison, they, they're hardcore fans, and it's a hard place to play for opposition. And they are rolling in behind them, and uh, I, I'm quite surprised, but they're. They are climbing up the table, and tomorrow will be a good test for Man United. Was why, is, why is that game at seven o'clock? Europe is it? Uh, is it? I need to check. I need mm. to check. To do with Man United in Europe and their travel, I think. This game as well, JD. We're, we're sorry, Lord, we're, we're two minutes before uh, half time here. Southampton haven't had a shot on goal. Not, not 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 only not on target, they haven't had a shot on goal yet. You'd worry for Southampton. I think they could be in uh, they could be in trouble. As our Wolves, I think those two clubs are in trouble. Mm. Um. Like Hassan Hootel, every single week you seem to read uh, issues that there's a uh, oh, just beautiful Here's turn Alan. out of Alan. Beautiful he's, he's, turn. He's actually not had a great game um, so far. By he's he's only had like a <laughs> nine point eight out. He actually hasn't had a great game. Today. It'll be interesting. He'll probably get a hat trick. Yes. It's like um, was it the ice skating? You're going to give it nine point five, nine point six. Sell him, sell him on. <laughs> sell him, yeah. Um, what, so, would you, what would you get for him now? Two hundred million. <laughs> wow. Well. Who's got, who's got 200 million? Plen, pl- yeah. Plenty of people, unfortunately, you shouldn't. Mm. Um, so, so we have uh, tomorrow, Everton Man United. How do you see it, Laro? Um, for some reason, I fancy Man United, and I don't really know why, John. Okay. But uh, I, ju- I just think it'll be 
it, it won't be a great game. Um, but I just think they might they might just nick it. I think Rashford has got his confidence back, it seems. Totally. Yeah, yeah. and it, it, like you said, is that probably not overthinking when he's in, in on goal? He just, he's he's looking up and he's finishing and, he's you know, the fact he's willing to run beyond people again, which is what he, when he when he came through, that was... That was what sort of set my light was when he yeah. the, there was space in behind. He was willing to run into it, and he's running into it with a, more aggression and enthusiasm than he probably has done in the last couple of years. I think a lot of footballers forget what they're actually good at sometimes and want to come and play and link the game. And then, but his attribute is the fact that he he's paced right. the born and behind, and you and you have to exploit that while you have it, and that will give you space in front to play then. Because if you do threaten the running behind and the back four drops, the space where you can come inside then and play off your right foot. And front of a back four so and there's a shot and all these uh, attacking players from Man United are playing better without Ronaldo that's the point like Ronaldo the, Rashford was a mess last season and was, I struggle with Bruno Fernandes as well Johnny like, yeah I, 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 yeah I, his, I, his behaviour I, Sunday was like the same team as him he's an arm waver you, you, mm. be, you be you know someone gives the ball away he waves the arm you're like captain you're not like, allowed to tackle him are you yeah but even like you, you, you're making your other players feel you're meant to be inspired them and get them going. You're not meant to ridicule them to the point where, oh, look where I have to play with. It frustrates me watching them sometimes. It'd be like, just get on with your own game as well, you know? I think one of the most interesting developments this week, which I've been waiting to ask you about, JD, was uh, Matt Doherty and Conte. And this out of the blue, um, I don't know what you call it, an outburst, but like it looks like their relationship is toast. Yeah, and like the guy in the position and he played in Frankfurt where it was, we'll talk about it later in the show, is Emerson. And I think he's an absolute liability. And I mm. said it on the programme last week, he got sent off against Arsenal. Um, but is this a concern he, for Stephen Kenny? Because he, he is good going forward, Emerson, but he doesn't have a final product. Um, they don't trust Jed Spence at Spurs. Conte, I don't think he even wanted to sign him. So he's like, well, I'm not picking this guy. Well, what's the implication here? What, what's, what's happened to Doherty? Because like, Doherty wasn't great in the international window, for, for example, but everyone was talking about, oh, he looks amazing, he fits, yada, yada. And then, you know, Laro and Graham would know more, but I surely match sharpness is the key thing in football. And yeah, there's more to it than that, though. Like what he said during the week was. I well, well, I think I think yeah, it, it could be a situation where in January that he has to go because like Emerson is terrible, uh, and that's a almost a fan's view. But then then Darty, who had such a good run in the team towards the end of last season, should be in the team. Like he looks very fit. Uh, and how are you going to get better without like you got to play matches? They got about nine matches in October, so I don't understand why he's in the team. And what the default mechanism then is to play Cessna on the left and Perisic on the right. So I'm I'd be a bit worried if I was Matt Hardy at Spurs. Stephen Kenny's obviously thinking. Well, the next press conference I do, I'm 100 percent going to be asked about this. Um, I, I well, cause. It's a good thing for Stephen Kenny; he's not to worry about anything until March. Yeah. And by that time, if Matt Hardy's probably not be gone, playing, if he's not playing for Tottenham, he'll be gone and hopefully playing first team football at the club mm. because yeah. Seamus Coleman at right wing back. Mm, Oh, yeah, I don't agree with I don't agree with him. I don't agree with Conte obviously criticizing these players. But I wouldn't I probably wouldn't agree wouldn't have wouldn't have agreed with Doherty in coming out and criticising Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane the way he did neither. I think I think there's certain things that need to be kept in house and as like so yeah. I, he's been on the end of probably a, a manager coming out and criticizing him in the press and but he's done the same to a previous regime as well. So that's they're, they're the things that ha- that shouldn't happen, in my opinion. I think if if you're unhappy with something, and you go and speak to your manager about it. The same if the manager's unhappy with you, he speaks to you about it. But that would be my opinion on on it. That he's done it to a manager as well, so he knows how it feels. All is not well though at Spurs. It's all not clicking. Uh, even though they're third in the table, uh, even from the other night. There's just something not right, and even Stephen Hunter saying on the football kickoff, maybe Richarlison has destabilised the balance of the front uh, players. 
there's almost too many of them and they need Kulisevsky in the team to create a link between defence and attack. So I think they miss him, John Kulisevsky, because yeah. he's a player, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I just he's don't know... He's yeah, he's out with the Hams. He's not going to play against Brighton. I'm just a bit worried about that. Like Hoiberg and Bentancur are good players, good players, more defensive players, but I don't think they've got that. I'd love to see Spurs have a James Madison in the team, but then you probably have a, you have a, a tops-heavy abundance of riches at the top. And mm. uh, defensively, I don't know, but Larry's at times can be a little bit suspect. Yeah. You know, they seem to lack control in games, JD. Like I know the yeah. way they play, but yeah, like, I didn't think they should with Ben Tuck, Ben, ben, ben like, against and... Frankfurt. They got control in the second half, but they have not had the flu- the fluency, as it were, as a team mm. that they had towards the end of last season. I was actually going through. There was, I think, the Athletic had a league or something like that um, for the la- exactly the last year, and it was City, Liverpool, Arsenal, Spurs, but uh, Chelsea and Newcastle were kind of cl- quite close to them if it kept, keeps going that way you can kind of see the plate shifting in the next 18 months that Chelsea given the fact that they've unlimited money again uh, if as long as it, there's not too much interference from the um, the top and Newcastle uh, might start to you know get into those top four positions totally obviously Chelsea should default be in the top four but um, Liverpool are in a battle for the top four now like. well he's had some image change hasn't he Graham Potter yeah. He looked like a Bond villain the other day for Chelsea. <laughs> it was one of those more milk tray man. Yeah, it was. He looked great. I was like, what happened here? When did, guys, where did he go from? If- guys, I've got a question for you. How much do you think Brighton got for him? I'd say about 2.5 million. <laughs> less, less than Mark Cucurea's transfer. Let's put go it that on. way. Put it that way. Anyone else? Um, no guess from me. Must no be. Guess. Is it higher, Laurel? 22. Compensation. 22? Yeah. Well, but they they got the whole staff, Dolores. That's for the whole the whole team, is it? Even so, twenty two million. That's where he got the turtleneck from. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say twenty two yeah, million? The only reason I know is because I was at <laughs> I was at the Brighton game and I spoke to um, one of the directors who I've known there for years, and they actually volunteered to me. I said you've done great, the manager, and they went, yeah, twenty two million. I think. And I, th- I think it might have only been it might have been twenty two and a half. It just I've just heard twenty two. No, this is the compensation. Obviously, he would have had a long contract at Brighton. So, well, he did. He did yeah. take. Uh, he took five or six of the staff. Went, didn't he? Billy Reid. Like he took the goal. He took everybody. Like you, yeah. you, you know. How do you think he's going to do, Laro uh, Potter? Uh, good question. Um, I know. I know from people at Brighton that is is he was very very good, and the, you know people like Lana will tell you that he was. As good as anybody's a coach, and he's had Klopp, other people, people like that. Just a bit different, Chelsea, isn't it? And I don't know how patient this new guy will be. He seems to be changing absolutely everybody, medical staff, the whole kind of thing. I think it's just one of them. If you if you go through a spell where you lose three or four games out of five or six, anyone can get the bullet now, can't they? Anybody they scored just before half time, Chelsea, as we speak. So the goal coming from Kai Havertz. Doesn't score enough, but he's a, a quality player. Chelsea won Wolves nil at half time. Also, half time in the Premier League Bournemouth nil, Leicester one, and Man City two, Southampton nil, and Newcastle two, Brentford nil. And in the Championship, Birmingham two, Bristol City nil as a half time. Blackburn one, Rotherham nil. It's Blackpool one, Watford one, Coventry nil, Burnley one, Millwall one, Middlesbrough nil, Norwich one, Preston one, Stoke two, Sheffield United one, Swansea two, Sunderland nil, West Brom nil, Luton nil. And Wigan nil, Cardiff won. And in Scotland, Celtic won earlier on, 2-1 in injury time against St. Johnston. Hibernian nil, Motherwell nil is a halftime score, as is Rangers 2, St. Mirren nil, and Livingston nil, Ross County nil. Six o'clock start for Dundee United Aberdeen. We're speaking about Spurs. They they kick off against Brighton at half five. Laurel, before we let you go, 
Arsenal Liverpool tomorrow what's your feeling and why um, I'll take a point now from Liverpool's point of view I think it's going to be a really tough game for them and I don't see yet them posing too many problems for Arsenal but uh, I think they're going to have to sit tight a little bit in this game what about Nunez uh, what have you made of him so far it was good. The other, I think you know what is one of those, John. I think is is a player. You just got to leave him on his own up front. Is that is that kind of player? And uh, he tried too hard. To be honest with you, he could have had a hat trick um, against against Rangers, but he he tried too hard. But he actually, his movement was really good, and he linked up really really well. But he, he needs a goal. He just needs a goal like anybody because you're a striker. But I, I think he's going to be a good player. I don't think there's any problem about that. Yeah. But I, I just think he's one of those through the middle, let him go and play and let him do his own thing. And I think once he starts scoring, he won't stop. His comments about the language barrier with Klopp were quite Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, yeah, I read that. I didn't see that. What was that? I didn't, I just, just don't talk really. There just seems to be a bit of a disconnect from what, what mm. the reports that the language barrier between them and Klopp, he's still learning. They're learning as well. He's still reeling uh, from the send-off against Palace as well, I think, in terms of yeah. getting the fans you know, onside. And, um, yeah, he, needs a, he needs a goal in a big game. Yeah, he needs to score tomorrow, the winner tomorrow or something yeah. like that. He needs a goal tomorrow. He needs a goal tomorrow. But Pepe, Pepe's, Pepe Linders, he, he speaks good uh, Spanish, doesn't he? So, yeah. yeah. Um, you have to change the way he played, Oloro, because Liverpool always played with a nine that dropped in. Like Bobby Firmino was the one that dropped in and... He was the one that actually dropped in and helped them press. As he he would sit on the deepest midfielder as well, mm. and and Nunes is like you said, he wants space down the side of centre backs. He wants to get crosses in, and the space down the side of centre backs was normally the the space that Salah Mane would run into. So Liverpool yeah. are adapting to that change. Is that if the wingers are going to come short and inside? They want the full back, but then where's the space for Nunes to run then? Like you said, he wants to stay in the box and in, in, in front of the goal, but he's not going to drop in and link the game as well as maybe Firmino uh, did as well. I think I think he might be a better player away from home, to be honest with you. Because uh, he was good against Liverpool in, in Benfica in, uh, in, in the games he played. We took him off, off the back of both games. Yeah, We, we tortured them. Yeah. Uh, Canate at home at Anfield, he, had, he didn't know if it was New York or New Year. He had him all over the place. And uh, but then, in, in fairness to uh, to Nunes, he was dropping short, you know, turning, going in behind, and everything. He, he looked, he looked a fabulous player. Laro, thanks so much. Enjoy tomorrow. Will do. Mark Lawrence in there and between four and five Graham Gartland and Johnny Ward are staying with us and we'll also speak to Dan McDonnell of the Irish Independent, who's in Frankfurt ahead of the European Championship draw tomorrow who are the Republic of Ireland going to get plenty to discuss plenty in the League of Ireland plenty on away days away days uh, as well between 4 and 5 speak then Football on Off the Ball with Sky watch Premier League Women's Super League Scottish Premiership and much more live on Sky Sports and you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you 3 to 5 this evening. This is Football Saturday. Remember, Football and Off the Ball brought to you by Sky. Get all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. You can listen across the country on News Talk. Watch us on the digital and social channels for YouTube, for Facebook, for Twitter as well, and uh, wherever you can also check out the OTB Sports app. We're joined in studio by the former League of Ireland and FAI Cups winner, Graham Gartland, and the broadcaster and journalist Johnny Ward. Also, we'll be joined shortly on the line from Frankfurt by the Irish Independence football correspondent Dan McDonnell ahead of the draw for European Championship 2024 which takes place tomorrow morning and the Republic of Ireland are in the hat. Uh, we have goals going into the Premier League. The match is beginning to start in the second half. Bournemouth in a Leicester 1. 
Pat Sandaka on the mark for the Foxes. Uh, Chelsea 1 Wolves nil. Kai Havertz. Man City 2 Southampton nil. Joao Cancelo and Phil Foden. No Haaland goal yet. And Newcastle 2 Brentford nil. We have Bruno Guimaraes and Jacob Murphy. In the Championship we also have goals going in there. Wigan nil. Cardiff 1. West Brom nil. Luton nil as a half time. Swansea 2 Sunderland nil. It is Stoke 2 Sheffield United 1. Norwich 1 Preston 1. Millwall 1 Middlesbrough nil. It is Coventry nil. Burnley 1. It is Blackpool 1, Watford 1, Blackburn Rovers 1, Rotherham 0, Birmingham City 2, Bristol City 0. In Scotland, Celtic Beat, St Johnston 2 1, earlier Rangers lead St Mirren 2 0. It is Hibs 0, Motherwell 0, and Livingston 0, Ross County 0. Johnny, I don't think you were impressed by Shamrock Rovers' um, performance in Norway during the week. God, I was hoping this would be later on in the show. Um, Just want to maybe get some reaction from the listeners if, um, if you have a strong view on it. I was, I mean. Everything that uh, Shamrock Rovers stand for in terms of um, their progression in the game, the way they play football, um, Graham is involved in their under-14s, um, probably one of the best underage teams to, at that level to ever play in Ireland, you would say, under-14 Europe? I wouldn't say to ever play in Ireland, but the, the, cause you, I the levels you're at now, like... Ah, some of them are fantastic. So anyway, yeah. the, and I, I, you know, I've been waiting to see this Shamrock Rovers team uh, go into Europe, uh, into group stages, into a group that um, I think gave them a chance to pick up points. They got a point against your gardens in their first game. Um, and I think back, you know, watching League of Ireland teams in Europe, JD, is genu- genuinely one of my favourite uh, sporting occasions. Like, I, I love watching League of Ireland teams um, pit their uh, talents against superior resource, superior teams in Europe. And... What Stephen Kenny did in 2016, I think, pretty much got him the Ireland job to see Dundalk uh, go toe to toe with teams that were better than them and be lost no game in that group in 2016 by more than a goal, and um, were competitive in every game and banged there in terms of p- potential qualification right into the last game in Israel. Subsequently, Dundalk got into the group stages in, in a sort of a forgettable uh, to an extent behind closed doors. Um, group stages because it was uh, it wasn't the same Dundalk there were problems off the pitch in six games they managed to score eight goals even though they were a bit of a mess at the time um, Jordan Flores got an amazing goal um, against Arsenal he got another amazing goal against Molda who were obviously Sean Rovers opposition and as much as Dundalk were a mess they, they, they put up a fight um, and to see the Sean Rovers performance uh, on Thursday night uh, was Utterly depressing for me to see a team of that of that talent. Is that not because they need to win the league and they're just a bit under, looking so, over their shoulder, Derry now? So you, you you absolutely. So you can say Stephen Bradley and his coaching staff. Um, and I, I was watching his body language in the she- in the Shelburne game because they play Shelburne tomorrow, which unfortunately clashes with the Liverpool Arsenal game. So I would definitely implore people to watch this. I think it'll be fascinating. Damien Duff is going to have a say in the title race. I saw them against Shelburne in Tolka recently, and I couldn't get over how bad Shamrock Rovers were. It was as bad as I've seen them in years uh, they were so off it and they looked tired and I think Stephen Bradley and his coaching staff basically um, took the view that they can't compete on the two fronts that are left um, they can't do it so he almost without conceding the tie on Thursday um, he rested key players he, he, he prioritised winning the Sunday. title is, is possibly the argument you're trying to make he prioritised winning the title, and if you view that in the pragmatic sense of, um, you know, what what is the chance of Shamrock Rovers getting out of this group with one point from two games, having been battered by Ghent in, in, in week two, probably not that high. But I just can't for the life of me 
think that Stephen Kenny uh, in that Dundalk team are, are almost any manager now are, would would accept that you would produce performance like that on Thursday and like you know playing Emako up front was obviously a gamble because his hold up ability for me hasn't been there and um, so you, you lost Gaffney but not they didn't have Jack Byrne they didn't have Graham Burke but this this goes to the level of and I, I spoke to journalists who um, would have been on that trip and you have to sell the idea of going to away games now you know like press the press uh, isn't what it was and people you know papers are trying to cut down on money you can't guarantee that um, journalists will even be allowed to go to these games anymore if you're going to go to a game that was was dead after like 20 minutes and it was horrible to watch like as a League of Ireland fan I love seeing Shamrock Rovers go go toe to toe against Joe Gardens play some nice football that performance on Thursday in terms of like the the Malden manager before the game was talking up Shamrock Rovers Irish football was a bit of a laughing stock on Thursday night with that performance I thought and I was I was very very disappointed and I can see why Shamrock Rovers are prioritising the league they have a big big battle on their hands I think at the moment Derry City might even be a better team than them toe to toe but I, I really was it was demoralising to watch that on Thursday uh, Riyad Mahrez has scored for Manchester City against Southampton 3-0 now early in the second half Dan McDonald, the Irish Independent uh, is in Frankfurt Dan how are you? Hi lads, how are things? Good. So you were in Malda, uh, Dan. I don't know if you heard what Johnny said there. Yeah, no, I did, um, and I sort of ah look, like you have to, like you have to sort of strip the emotion from the debate to some degree, you know, in the sense that, like I heard Adrian and I think Shane maybe talking about yesterday, and you know, would they not go for the, you know, the financial incentives that that come with potentially getting a result, but the problem is the bigger financial equation for Rovers is, you know, their business plan is about getting into Europe every year, getting into the group stages, sorry, of Europe every year, which is sort of worth three million quid. In fact, they've got upwards of four million this year, and the only way they can get that money is uh, through winning the league realistically. So the 166 grand for a draw versus potentially three, four million next year, you know, that's that's the the, the equation that we're we're talking about here, but. It is a little bit deflating, you know, as someone who went over to the game and you, you sort of build it up. Um, and as much as you understand the decision, you look at the team sheet before the game and you're just like, oh, what, what is, what's happening here? Like, this is, like, this is, this can't be it. And, and I understand the reasons and I completely get the reasons. And I think you have to walk a mile in someone's shoes, you know, if, if Shamrock Rovers performed well in their European group stage games, but but didn't win and they might never have beaten Molde away or got a draw against Molde away. It could be the toughest game in the group. And but then they go on, like they, they give it a go on Thursday, lose bravely two one and lose the league. The season's probably remembered as a as a failure, you know, or, or you know, whatever. Like in, in that sort of context, you know, come January. So I get it, but there is a little bit of you're selling these games, you say you know, when Shamrock Rovers qualify for the group stages, you say, this is the dream. You know, you hear players saying, we've always wanted to play group stage football. And then you're watching a group stage match that's just a complete non-event. Like, it's a, it's it was. Like, you know, I would have been talking to, say, the mold of journalists over there. And the thing about group stages is there's a sort of a certain respect for a team that's got this far. And it's a sense of, well, you know, what are you expecting from the, the Irish team? And you're talking about some of the better players. And, you know, maybe they'll be competitive in this match. And... And then after 10, 15 minutes in the stadium, particularly in the stadium, you could almost feel this vibe of, well, this is going to be absolutely fine here. You know, this is going to be absolutely fine. And there was that sort of mild sense of embarrassment over how routine it was. Now, Molde officials understand, you know, you understand you want to try and win your domestic league first and foremost. But 
like I, I've had a bit of a bugbear. Like I hate the fact that these Shamrock Rovers games clash with these Manchester United ones. You know, and you're always saying why an Irish club and well, there's an well there's an Irish club in, in group stage competition, and you're saying this should be like front and center like this should be in the you know the, to the foremost in the news agenda like in you know these these europa league games don't matter much to manchester united in the greater scheme of things and then like you might turn on the radio or newspapers or wherever and the, the united game is getting greater coverage is that like, not just no, because they got more fans though no no i know that john but like this is like we, we still live in ireland you know and this is the whole point i would make is that you know, I completely understand that argument. I'm, I'm coming back to disagree with myself here to some degree. It's all right. Like, I, you know, I would I would make the point that, you know, I, I understand that argument in the context of if we're talking about a League of Ireland game, you know, between two League of Ireland clubs. But when you have an Irish team like your champions representing, you know, your country technically in this at the same level of competition, you know, I know the Conference League is then from the Europa League. There is an element of, you know, you could have, you could, you know, if you had an Irish tennis player going well in a major, but like more people preferred, you know, to watch Federer or Nadal or whatever, you'd still be saying, no, you have to support this Irish player. But yet, if that Irish person was in there and they actually were saying this isn't that important to us, it's slightly harder um, to, to, to get on your high horse about it, if you know what I mean. If, if it's a distraction to them, then how can you look to distract everyone else with this story? That's, that's yeah, I get, I get that, it that, now. Yeah, I guess that's what you're that, saying. That's 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 basically my 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 problem. And like the talk in 2016, you remember John? Like you know, Stephen Kenny was the sports manager of the year. Like their games were actually head to head with Manchester United games at the time. But there was a huge buzz around the Dundalk games, a huge discussion around the Dundalk games because they were competitive. They were a part of the group, and you could see that for their players, like it meant everything. It meant the world. Yes, like Shamrock Rovers have taken a business decision from their perspective that if they can get into the Conference League again and again and again, then eventually they'll have the money in the bank, they'll have the funds to be more competitive, to be able to compete. So it's a little bit of a project. It's a step in the road and there's an element of grinning and bearing it. But it was hard to grin and bear it on Thursday. That's okay, what I would say. Okay, Graeme, you've got the Shamrock Rovers hat on here. Yeah, but it's not Stevens Bradley... Bradley's prerogative to, to look after anything else than Shamrock Rovers and that and again that's the project and, it, and he has to stick to the plan of the project and, and like you said I think Dan had an article about it being pragmatic over romantic and that's what it has to be sometimes and that's the that's the unfortunate side of football sometimes that you can't go out all out and make sure that you, you, you prioritise one thing over the other where the league is the most important thing for Shamrock Rovers at this point in time. Is this because, though, there's a gap between the Champions League qualification and then there's no Europa League middle? Is that right, Dan? Well, no, there, there, well, no, there is. Like they, they went into the Europa League yeah. after losing to... No, but no, no, for, the, from second, the, champion, the Champions League is massive, JD. But, Absolutely. But for the second team, doesn't yeah. get into yeah. the Europa League. And that's that's the gap. And that's why Rovers have to get this, with this league win. Yeah. And and, yeah. and and Dan like Dan Dan made this point with me. when when, when Ro- and I'm sorry to interject. I know you're talking, Graham, and I'll be very brief here. But when, when Rovers played Derry on the back of, was it the Ghent game? Yeah. They went to Derry. They were so poor on the Sunday. And Dan was like, was I was arguing about the the fact that Derry were overwhelming favourites to win that game because there's a lot of respect for Derry. But Dan came back to me and said, this is entirely to do with the fact that they played on Thursday night. I think they were bruised from that. And they're like, we can put up a performance like we did in Derry because if we draw that game tomorrow, Derry kind of have the league almost in their hands. And, and Shelburne are playing very well. It's definitely a potential banana skin. But where's your pride? I mean, where's, yeah, your what, pro- where's but, the pride in the prom? And the no. thurs- Thursday night was just, I don't, know, I don't know how that benefits any of the 11 players who played because it was so demoralising. 
but but again, but what about the opposition? This is so, they were good. They were good. Right, take it back, right? So you strip it right back here, and, and let's like understand a few things with it. The Your Gardens game. Nobody said, "Oh well, Stephen Bradley changed his team. He played Idemo in that game, and he played Ferrazoy in that game." Um, as well everybody said it's great that he put the young players in For uh, Ferrazoy was brilliant in the game everybody I don't whole, think Idemo started oh, sorry I'm not sure Idemo no didn't Idemo start. didn't Ferris, start no Ferris, 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 and everybody Ferris. said he was excellent and the story became about him playing it was an ill-all draw with a half an hour to go he empties the bench and puts on Gaffney um, I think Jack Bourne comes on in midfield Okay, then what happens is it's a really exciting game. He tried to do that again at the weekend, and if you listen to his comments after the game, what Stephen Bradley said was, this, "The goal just after halftime kills it because it changes what he was trying to do." So he's obviously trying to be pragmatic and be a bit more defensive. So after he lose three 0 against Ghent away, I'm, I think I think Brian Kerr was doing a Virgin Media with myself, and he was saying that they need to be a bit more pragmatic in mm. how they defend. They need to suffer in games. So Stephen obviously. He's decided with his staff, I'm not saying off the back of what Brian Kerr said, Stephen Bradley's decided with his staff that we're going to be a bit more pragmatic. He played a, a five with a flat four maybe in midfield and stopped the, the supply from wide areas, which meant he gave up crosses. He probably didn't defend the crosses the way he would have liked, especially in the first 15 minutes, and then he'd he come into the game. But he's hoping to get that to 1-0 mm. with 30 minutes to go, and then that, that changes when they give away the goals. So he has an idea in his head, but obviously the game's ever-evolving. But this can't he can't go on and build in Europe for next season and the year after if they're not in that stage of the European competition. Yeah. But it's not his prerogative to go it's not his it's not Stephen Bradley's job to put the pride of Irish football on his back. That's up to, like he they've won the league two years in a row. They're, they're on course to win the league um again. That's his prerogative what he does with his football. Well, I, I think I think Graham, like I I've so much time for seeing Bradley and uh, the way he's spoken about Irish football in terms of uh, the you know teams doing well in Europe, he's he's an incredibly good backer of the game here. Um and I I would I would look at the players a bit. Like I just thought you were better than that. I thought you were better than this was an absolute hiding. It was it was shamefully bad to watch from an Irish perspective. And like Amaku, I, I wouldn't have played him up front. But even the players that he played, he still had good players. And it was just like the the body language. It was like they were beaten from the get go. And it was I I was just watching this. It was like I, I had so high expectations for this group stage. And it looks like an afterthought after three games. Uh, I think the back-to-back away games is probably, like you said, going away to Ghent and then going away to... this was And Stephen's come out and said this was going to be the toughest game. Mm. And and the fact that... He was that, probably right. But also the fact that Molde have lost 3-2 to your gardens as well has made the game a little bit um, more of a must-win for them. So you could see that in how they approached the game. Um, like I said to you, Rovers went away. And listen, I've been in European teams where you, you just let other teams have the ball and you try and stay in the game. That's that's alien to probably Rovers and and this particular team. And it was difficult for them because they're used to dominating the ball in, in, in the home games. And they'll do to teams what Mould had done to them and that... The similar system, the both the wing backs go high, their, their inside rights and their inside left then go high, the front men pin you back and they're able to, to dominate the ball and that that's what Mould had done and like in fairness, he's up against they're up against a top notch team with a budget that's ridiculously high. But 
again, it's a learning curve for the players and it's a learning curve for everybody involved that it has to be built over time that it makes a big impact. Like, like I know Sometimes what your expectations are too high. Like, correct. Yeah, sometimes. And it, it, it is almost like we were coloured a bit by that Dundalk 2016 and that. Yeah. That was such a, a black kind of swan event. Like, like Rovers got to the group stages as well before. And they did, and they, they, they lost every game. They, they lost every game. Exactly. But, but Rovers, the one thing I would say, and I've been slagged a lot about this, saying that I think this is as good at League of Ireland champions as I've seen when Rovers are at their best. In, in away games in Europe against better opposition, they've gotten Haydn after Haydn after Haydn. And regardless of what you say about who, what team they picked, they have that mark against them where they just haven't been anywhere near the standard required. And it is a project, but that's where they're at at the moment. Regardless of what team they played, what tactics, whether they tried to pass the ball out from the back or whether they basically played a team with Sunday in mind, they've gotten a series of Haydn's away from home. And that's the reality of it. Did you uh, yeah, I think Go on. Sorry, sorry, I was going to yeah, one last thing. I think like the European football like it is just it exposes every flaw you have for an Irish club too and like I would make this point and I've said this like I think an Irish club to succeed in Europe like people don't realise like how good they have to be like Mm. you know Molda's budget I think is like four times the budget of Shamrock Rovers like you have to be absolutely 100% at your peak to challenge them and what's been proven this year like is that if you go in a team that isn't your peak team like you just you just can't do it you know they, i understand what they tried to do completely on thursday i get it they tried to hang in there for an hour Stephen bradley said it and then maybe spring the subs but obviously there's an, an inherent gamble in that and that there's no way at the start of the, the year if you sat down with Stephen bradley and, and his staff and said you're playing Mulder away tomorrow um you're not going to start jack Byrne, dylan watts graham burke and rory gaffney they would have said what you know but then real life problems have created that situation but it's not like anyway, they played them they played them this thursday coming in molde um sorry in dublin they have two home games i'd imagine you'll see a different approach i hope you do because like these are special moments in the lives of the players too you can't imagine it's going to come every year and you don't want it to pass you by either you know and that's like I understand there's a little bit of emotion coming into the talk where like you know the dog gave it everything in 2016 right absolutely everything they were brilliant like they were they won the league 120 minutes at a cup final three days after being in Russia like amazing but they were they were completely gone at the game the first couple of months in 2017 it really took it out of them many points did they, they win by in 2016 you know, they, they, they did have a title race in 2016 Graham they, they had they, the game they, against Cork and it's the last title race I think we've had until maybe this year you know where they had the game against Cork quite late in the day where Daryl Horgan scored twice um, and it was a bit like this year you always felt they'd be fine in the same way you always feel Rovers would be fine but it wasn't done like they they had a smaller squad and I remember doing games in Longford on a Monday three days before they played Zena on the Thursday at home and they would have had a strong team out but as I said it caught up on that team they had a lot of bumps and bruises and it caught up with them in 2017 but I suppose they'll have the memories of 2016 forever you know it's 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 a it's a it's a tough one. Like I appreciate Rovers go Rovers go to Sligo and they're excellent. Like they're excellent yeah. against Sligo in a game that you think they're going to slip up. They go and be Sligo three one comfortably. They, 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 but but, but I think the point is sorry, sorry yeah, Johnny. Sorry. Can I just say you know they were excellent last week. The point I was going to make though, like I think Rovers next year they probably know they need better players in areas of their squad mm. as well too. You know and they 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 lack certain things. I think in attacking departments in Europe, if you're going to counter attack against teams, you know what I mean? I think they, they, the profile of their squad probably needs a refreshing in certain departments. And I'm sure they, I'm sure they know that too. And I'm sure that will probably happen in the off season. Graham can't say too much, but I'm sure there'll be, I'd imagine there'll be some interesting developments there in the off season. To be honest with you, I don't, I don't have, um, 
I don't discuss that with Steve and Artie staff yeah. about Ant and got to do with the first teams. None of my business. The, 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 the yeah. struggle, the struggle is real in the sense of their league situation. JD, they are in serious danger of not winning the league because well, if they win, if, they win if, on Sunday, they're back to five if, points. If if they don't win tomorrow against Shells and and Shells at the moment are playing like a team that like they're just loving life, they're scoring goals. And they're, they, they're they were conceding goals as well. They're, they're conceding goals, but they were well worth their point when they clashed like two weeks ago in Talca, right? They'll go to that game tomorrow. It's live on TV. Damien Duff's in the, you know, it's the Damien Duff thing. They're really playing for him. And they will fancy their chance there. And it's, there's a real chance that the Rovers don't win that game tomorrow. And if they don't win that game tomorrow, personally, I would fancy Derry to beat them at the moment, the way Rovers and Derry are playing. I still have Rovers as favourites. But they're, str- they're, yeah. they're strong favourites tomorrow. If they don't win tomorrow... There's a chance you're going to lose every game you go into, but I, I still think they're favourites to win the game. They're totally favourites to win the game, but there's a chance they don't. And if they don't win tomorrow, Derry will fancy their chance. So I can see the, prag- the pragmatism of it, but it was demoralising to watch. Well, here's a question for you, right? Do you feel that there's Haaland scored 4-0 Man City against Southampton 15 Premier League goals this Just season. after Bazuna had this amazing moment yeah. of robbing him in the box he's, he's scored a carbon copy of the goal he got in the second half against Man United well, Here's a question for you from a player's point of view then going into tomorrow The players know that Stephen obviously moved and, he's, and he, in fairness to Stephen probably first time he said it he changed the team with the game in mind on Sunday so the players know that he's changed the team yeah. for this to win the game on Sunday so the players feel that expectation that they have to perform on Sunday so it's given the players that extra now we need to make sure we. he's made a decision on Thursday to benefit this football club and it's on, up to, it's on us now to perform it's, so it's, I think it's, it's given the players an extra incentive to make sure you go out and yeah, perform yeah. against Shells and beat them. It's, okay. a, it's a shame, JD, sorry, very, it's a shame it clashes with this game because you've Joey O'Brien and Damien Duff, both ex-rovers in the dugout. Um, it, was, it was fairly feisty when they played in Talca. Shelburne are, are playing good football at the moment. This is going to be a cracker. There's so much riding on it. And uh, please please watch it, uh, you know, if you can, because I think even watch the, the end of it if you've watched the Liverpool game. Well, you know, the ways now taping things. Recording uh, and, is, and, yeah. And you can watch things back yeah. to back, Johnny. I can't and, wait. And, uh, you yeah, can, I can't well, wait. Well, given your passion, I, I think you probably will be checking your phone. But um, uh, Erling Haaland now, 15 goals in the Premier League. Uh, you were doing a bit of detective work over there in, in Olegon and Solskjaer land, Dan, during the week. Yeah, well, like, yeah, you're over in Molde. I mean, and, and like, when in Molde. Everything, yeah, everything. Well, you were in Frankfurt, John, where, where yeah. I am now, yeah. of course, you know. I haven't I heard enough about that. Travel, have we got your travel review yet? No, no, no waiting for you, Dan. Waiting for you. Waiting for you to do your Norwegian travel oh, review. Right, did you okay. see any Fjords, Dan, did you? Uh, I didn't. No, I saw a Ford. It was the car. Um, oh but no, like, that was bad. That's, that's really bad. That was dreadful, but terrible. I didn't. You're not coming like back hard at the moment. Yeah, sorry. Can we rewind that, please? Um, no, no, like, I mean, how can you, like, everything in football at the moment is about Haaland, really, isn't it? Like, how, I mean, you, can, you can't even go through, like, a conversation without him scoring a goal. It doesn't matter what day of the week it is. And, um, like, you go to Molde, and, like, and I mean this in the nicest, pl- nicest way possible, though it doesn't come across that way, but it's a pretty unremarkable quiet place you know it's not uh, a place where I don't know like you, you go to a sort of a lower league club in England or something or you can feel the energy of football everywhere or you know it, it's it's you know I went to the press conference from Old on Wednesday and there was like only two local reporters there um, and maybe one or two camera crews and you might think oh no is that just because it's like maybe a low profile game but they were saying no the people from Oslo don't really come to us too often like it's a really like it's a 20 25,000 population place uh yet with a really top football club there's like 15 point cleared league and a great reputation as an academy that or a, not so much an academy but a place to go to develop as a player as Haaland did when he's 16 but you're sort of 
you're looking at this place and you're imagining like Haaland was here for what two and a half years or two full years um, he, so yeah would he be he has, pretty prominent over there in terms of they, would they be advertising oh, yeah. that a lot that yeah, the fact that he was yeah. with them Dan yeah well the club wouldn't be screaming it from the rooftops but chatting to say the local paper guys they were just saying like you know this guy in a hotel he was like every tourist wants to ask about Haaland yeah. now and like you know he's the biggest superstar in Norway bigger than the prime minister you know they just need to put a Haaland story on their website and it goes worldwide so there is that and like I, I have a big piece in the paper today about the sort of the backstory of Haaland or his time at Molde and a central figure in it is this character uh, who he referred to as Ant, uh, who was the club chef at Molde. And um, so the way it is at Molde, I mean, it's again, not unusual at clubs probably in the UK and um, one or two here, like the players would have like breakfast together every morning in the club. They'd walk up to the ground, have their breakfast together um, you know, have their lunch after training and Haaland, like the, the whole story was that when he arrived in Molde, he didn't score his, that much in his first season. He was all skin and bone. He, um, you could see he had physical potential, but he, he never really put it all together. Um, and they had him on a strength and conditioning thing, but he absolutely had this amazing relationship with the club chef, who's like, I think she's 60, sort of a, you know, real maternal figure, you know, and, and you just see her there in the kitchen, like I walked in the other night, it's where the press room was, the kitchen, she's just going around with trays for food, you know, with the food for the players, for hospitality. But like, you know, there's no errors and graces here. Like apparently this place where they have breakfast every morning, you know, the members of the public just come in and sit around them and can just sit with the players, have a chat. It's so low maintenance. It's so not these layers of minders that you would have around Haaland and his life now. And... um and like you know he had a really special relationship with her like that she sent him lunch home to his apartment every day meatballs and uh, chocolate cake and whatever he wanted and and they've kept in touch and she like been a big figure in his life so they've a documentary crews coming to try and film the place and uh so there is a little bit of that but yeah in saying that i'm not walking around the place and seeing posters and yeah. photos of them everywhere but they uh, haven't much like, stuff around know. the stadium of them like imagery no, not that i've seen not that i've seen academy, I, like, no they, they but maybe they do yeah. maybe they do i didn't see that but i mean the stadium itself bizarrely is actually uh i don't think the facilities are terrific below the ground as such you might hear that in due course the talent might be better in some ways <laughs> uh dressing rooms and that type of thing but it's a, in some ways there's a certain charm in that that like everyone you meet does have a Haaland story, you know, like everyone you talk to because he was just walking around this quiet town all the time, you know, and and by the end of it he'd grown into this monster. I think he grew eight to cent, eight to twelve centimeters when he was there. Um, like the the you know the ball boys who at the start like you know they were just looking up in awe at this monster towering over them and there's this famous game that they speak about where they played against Brand Bergen I, I watched the goals back and I'd sort of recommend anyone to do it it was July 2018 it was the same week Gavin Bazunu ironically saved that penalty in Cork wow. um, and he had this breakthrough and they're both playing against each other today that was sort of half the premise for the piece today um, but Haaland scores four goals in the first 21 minutes of a game and the fourth one was a penalty but like Brand were the league leaders, they had the best defence in the country. Haaland hadn't scored that many goals all season. In training the day before, the story goes, he couldn't hit a barn door. He was just dreadful. Solskjaer took him aside and said, listen, it's going to happen. Trust me, it'll happen. And he scores the goals in the manner that he scores goals now, where he just looks unstoppable. And suddenly everyone was like, oh, hang on. Like They thought he was a good player, as the local hack said to me, but they never thought... 
this is the best player in the world that's in our midst. And yet, from that point onwards, the rest is history, I suppose. Uh, goals in the Premier League. Bournemouth have turned it around 2-1 against Leicester now with goals from Philip Billing and Ryan Christie. About 73 minutes on the watch, 2-1 to the Cherries at the Vitality Stadium. Uh, we've had a second goal for Chelsea against Wolves. The first one was from Kai Havertz and Christian Pulisic coming into the team today has got the second at Stamford Bridge. Manchester City 4, Southampton nil. Haaland with the fourth goal after earlier goals from Cancelo, Foden and Riyad Mahrez. And Newcastle 3, Brentford 1, Bruno Guimaraes with a second goal. Ivan Tony had pulled one back for Brentford in the Championship. Uh, Birmingham 2, Bristol City nil. Blackburn 2, Rotherham nil. Blackpool 1, Watford 1. Coventry nil, Burnley 1. It is Millwall 2, Middlesbrough 0, Norwich 1, Preston 2, Stoke 2, Sheffield United 1, Swansea 2, Sunderland 1, West Brom 0, Luton 0 and Wigan 0, Cardiff 1. Earlier in Scotland, Celtic beat St Johnston 2-1. At the moment, Rangers lead St Mirren by three goals to nil. So that Bournemouth turnaround, JD, is, I mean, if, if Leicester are to lose there... Yeah, uh, I thought Leicester would win. This after after pick, JD. It was on uh, the Market Card podcast, but also Big Palace tomorrow against Leeds. They scored twice in the shape, in the, in the space of like three minutes, and you're just looking... If, if, and if, if, to get rid of Rodgers though it seems if, um, if, if this were to say it as it is I like think they'll the, be okay I think they'll be okay I think there are teams around them I, I, done, I done the game for off the ball against them against Brighton and they were horrific yeah mm. I don't know I so think, open I think the, 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 I'm worried about the, the goalkeepers well. yeah Danny Ward I think the owner coming in though you know boosted them during the week and I, I do think they'll be okay I, I just think there are worse teams around them what about Steve you've gotten the Forest fella Cooper getting yeah. the, a new contract well, that was, he was that on was, a shaky peg there last week that was that was a great story actually that would renew your faith in humanity to be honest Palace, Palace Wolves and Leicester in the live table are all in the bottom four at the moment Palace would be good I think Palace are a good team they're far better than they've been shown in my view um, so you're in Frankfurt it'll, Dan. I am it'll, sorry I was going to say about the Forest one it'll renew my faith in humanity if he's still there in six months time yeah, I well, hope he know, is have you lost faith in humanity yeah um, well not like you Johnny um, they, they've changed their entire they've changed their entire squad pretty much Forest so like I don't know I'm not sure if they're, they're the bastions of continuity but uh, no I am in Frankfurt John Um in your neck of the woods, yeah. of course, yeah. I, I haven't, I haven't seen your footprint around the place. No, uh, no, it's like the yeti. It's like yeti, although, you know. It's, it's, it's something. <laughs> for some like reason, shadow on a steel bar. The, the ab- abominable Duggan. Uh, <laughs> although, obviously, like I, 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 I mean, I did, I did hear someone earlier saying they met a guy during the week who was commentating loudly on horse races and doing golf chips. Yeah, so maybe yeah, that yeah. was well, you. Maybe that no, was no, you, no, 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 no. I was, I was, I was Campus Mantis. It wasn't me. It was Campus I've never seen that in like a folks. They're all watching the golf here. They're all watching the golf. I know, just, yeah. just, just the way because I was in the Spurs end. Uh, there's only two thousand of us. I got a, so a ticket for the Spurs end. So you're told to go to a designated pub. Now I, I haven't been to many away days, uh, like a, like a really with the diehards. Mm. So you to go to O'Reilly's pub in Frankfurt, and there's two thousand Spurs fans. There's all the English flags, and I met two lads from Dublin. So uh, Gavin, who works actually with Bohemians, uh, the under underage women's team, as a coach there, and uh, Brian. So you meet, you, meet, you meet your own pretty much uh, soon enough. We met a West Ham fan as well who's working over in Germany. And there's a huge amount of riot police. And you're kind of feeling, well, this is kind of a bit exciting in a, in a weird way. She's with the English, John. Uh, well, I don't know about that. Uh, but, and then you're, you're told, OK, there's a massive loudspeaker. You're going on this special train to uh, the stadium uh, train station. You all go on that train. There's massive chantings, and it's like some of it is completely outrageously inappropriate, and some of it is extremely funny. And I can't repeat. And then there's some clean stuff as well. Uh, <laughs> and thrown in there. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and and you're just really sensing. You're sensing this, the sense of tribe, you know. Then you get off, and 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 then you're in, in Frankfurt to get to this, the 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 Waldstadion or the new stadium, as it now known, the Deutsche Bank Arena. You have to walk through a forest. 
So it's almost like going through Ticknock for 15 minutes and you come out at, at Lansdowne Road. So it's a, a fascinating experience for anybody who goes to Bundesliga games to an away game at Frankfurt. And then once you get into the ground, everybody's just there mingling together. And I just found that absolutely fascinating that it's almost like this is the designated... Um, you know, uh, so you just didn't have a place in the stadium just for no, sports. There, there was an area, but everybody was outside just having a beer and like having a hot dog or whatever. And the Frankfurt fans, everybody just walking around each other. Yeah. So it, uh, I think it's because they don't want isolated incidents in the city in the oh, day. We sorry, um, Jilly, I, I got to interrupt you here. Yeah. And Mike from my my Clane Wheeler cycling group has texted me, and we need to give up on punditry. We absolutely just need to give up. Matt Doherty starts for Spurs today. There you go. Like what? Like, he was he was literally done uh, ten minutes but ago. Isn't now that the he's whole point of having a living room conversation. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Uh, he's actually starting. Well, there you go. What is what is a, what is a man manager that I, I well well Emerson is suspended first of all. So he who's he going to pick? Sessegnon and, and and but he doesn't have that many options. He doesn't want to play Jets Spence. So you can this understand why. I want to watch this game. What was it like in the ground then? Um, it was it was great. Like the, the fantastic atmosphere in Frankfurt. They're all they're like on the other end of the pitch. They're waving flags. Whoever's waving the flags, they're waving flags for the whole game. It's amazing. Is that the they big huge ones that they have? Yeah, at they, the don't, waist? they don't. Yeah. Like, they don't stop waving the flags until like for the whole game. So how can you see someone in the match? I, I find that a bit bit odd. Do you strange. find your child again in a, in an experience like that where that that excitement of going to a big game and you know when you were when it was such a, a fresh thing when you were young? Yeah, you feel you feel like you're in a terrace even though you're not. And actually, you were in a terrace because it's all standing in Frankfurt in, in Germany. But, you know, you go to a Gaelic Games match or you get like It's a very different experience. You go to Gaelic Games match, it's all to me about the carvery and the kind of the hanging around the pubs and then you go into Croke Park. But you don't have that sense of being um, the underdog and then going with the underdog and feeling like, you know, like when we left the stadium, all you could see was these massive lights in the distance and you're walking through mm-hmm. a forest and they all start singing Tottenham in the woods, in the woods, you know, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So you really feel part of something that you wouldn't feel if you're in the corporate area. Oh, yeah. You know, you so think that, a Gaelic Games is all about the carvery. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, this is a, that's a left field one. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, <laughs> but, 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 but I don't know, folks out there. I got a lot, a lot of tweets during the week. Five three one six on away days. Really, really funny stuff from like USA ninety four and um, you know people like uh, tweeting in about you know just really interesting experiences. You must have had Dan Johnny good away days, uh, even if you're not having the journalist hat on. Ah, uh, well, I, I'll. Uh, mine would have involved just following Go United. I, when I was a kid, I went to all the games in one season, home and away. I don't know how I f- did the leaving start that year or whatever. And I remember going to see them beat St. Pat's in the FAI Cup quarter final after extra time midweek and had to be at school the next day. That was an away game in Dublin. Um, going up to Daly Mount to see Kieran Foley thrown up front as a defender, got a hat trick. Um, uh, going up to the Brandywell on a Thursday, I think there were two of us in the whole ground and, um, you know, getting hammered. Going into the shed in Cork and getting bottles thrown at us because we were away fans and quickly leaving the shed. Um, great memories, great memories. Uh, absolutely love away days in the League of Ireland. You've, re- you've really sold it, Johnny. You've really sold <laughs> yeah, it. I know, yeah, he's, that's it. Yeah. That'd be on a poster. Congratulations to Cork as well, obviously, on winning the first division. Uh, 53106, there's no comparison between Dundalk and Rovers as Dundalk are physically stronger. Johnny's to realise that professional football is a business. Money is important if you want to have a future. It was that good. That was me. Did I tweet that? Yeah, um, I, probably right, yeah. Uh, let's also not forget that Glenavon beat Malda at home only four years ago. Point is, although they're decent, Malda are certainly not world beaters. Here's to hoping that on Thursday in Tallaght we'll see a serious reaction from Rovers to Thursday's embarrassing performance. And can somebody just mark Hanland Manmarkham GA style? 
That's another one of our. Well, the goal was, he got there, JD. Him, like... The goal he got yeah. there. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. The, goal, the, yeah. the last goal he got was, as I said, was a very similar to this goal he got in the second half in the derby, where he pulled back and there's nothing. You just cannot defend that. So he kind of makes a run and then takes a step back and he's just there to. He makes. You know what? This, the, the, he makes his runs. We, and even as you're coaching kids, you say, make, make your pre movements. That believable that that's what. So if you want yeah. the short, you're gonna run long to then drop is in. Is this the Graham Gartland school? No, or? no. This is just no. <laughs> like so, you're saying to him like if you if you want the long, you're gonna really show for a short and then spin. But make the make the movements believable that defenders think he really wants that. Bit of a bluff. He does that with every movement he does. There's just such an aggression to it, mm. and a, and a, like a the, an enthusiasm to every movement that he does that you nearly as a defender you have to react to it. You have to go and go. Well, he could actually get this defeat. I need to follow him in here. He looks like he really wants it. I just I've never like I've never seen a, a fella complete the runs that he does with such a an aggression. Okay, got to take a break. We'll come back with Dan because there's interesting breaking news that UEFA has decided against the expansion of the Euros, so it'll remain at 24 teams oh, when we hold that. it in uh, 2028 uh, with England, uh, and that's pretty much to be confirmed. And also we'll talk to Dan about our expectations for tomorrow's European draw. Any away days, folks? You've been on uh, good away days. Might get some uh, text right out there between now and five on Football Saturday here on Off the Ball on News Talk. Football on Off the Ball with Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership, and much more live on Sky Sports. And welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through to five on Football Saturday. Graham Gartland uh, in studio with Johnny Ward and Dan McDonald on the line from Frankfurt. Troy Parrott has scored first game of. The- the season that he scored a goal in for Preston and it's looking like the winner away to Norwich 3-2 they lead and also Callum Robinson on the mark for Cardiff today away to Wigan 2-0 they lead as well it's West Brom 0 Luton 0 Swansea 2 Sunderland 1 Stoke 2 Sheffield United 1 Millwall 2 Middlesbrough 0 Coventry 0 Burnley 1 Blackpool 2 Watford 1 Blackburn 3 Rotherham 0 Birmingham 3 Bristol City 0 in the Premier League Bournemouth 2 Leicester 1 Chelsea 2, Wolves 0. Erling Haaland 15 goals this season, scoring in Man City's lead over Southampton 4 0. Newcastle 4 now, Brentford 1. Miguel Almiron with his third goal in his uh, two ga- games now in the Premier League, scored twice against Fulham last week. Spurs against Brighton at half five. So, Dan and Frankfurt, what do we hope for in this draw tomorrow, tomorrow morning, is it? Yeah, tomorrow morning, 11 a.m., some good luck. I actually see Troy Parrott apparently injured himself yeah, in the celebrations. Yeah, yeah. Gone off. But anyway, thankfully, there's, there's no important Ireland games for some time, so um, it's not an injury concern news. Yeah, it's 11 a.m. this morning. Uh, sorry, tomorrow morning, J.D., as you said. Um, Stephen Kenny was actually on my flight this morning. Oh, um, nice chat. So, uh, yeah, just a, a brief chat before before taking off. But, was he um, reading the Irish Indo, was he? Um, oh, probably on his phone, JD. Um, <laughs> I know, like, yeah, just listen, just, 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 a, just a brief chat, and I think um, I saw a few other Irish people on the flight were sort of chatting to him, just fans or whatever, uh, as we were getting our bus uh, from from the plane to the terminal. So uh, there is a load of FBI people who come over. I think yesterday for some various business around this. There's obviously things going on today. You mentioned a 24 team tournaments and and so on and so forth. Debates around that, but. Um, yeah, look, Ireland, I mean, to put it simply, Ireland are third seeds. Um, being third seeds is 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 tricky because you're, there's a real danger. You know, the two higher ranked teams could be very two very uh, strong, highly ranked teams. The main thing to look out for in the draw is that France and England are second seeds because of their Nations League performance, um, because the Nations League determines the pots. And, um, I mean, top, you know, pot one is 
pretty much all strong sides. There's one or two in there like Hungary. You wouldn't mind drawing probably and maybe one or two others that might be regressive. But what you don't want is to get a good pot one team and then get France or England with a two uh, because then you're looking into a really, really challenging uh, 2023. So um, you have to look below you as well. There's like Greece in pot four, Georgia, Turkey, and even Slovakia, Northern Ireland in pot five. Um, so there's a, there's a sort of a... I mean, you, you probably accept with this thing and with the top two automatically qualifying that you're going to get one strong side. You would expect to get one one big gun, um, but there's always the hope with two going through. It's the difference from the World Cup that you know there's a second automatic spot there, and you got to hope that if you're 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 encountering someone like Finland or Bosnia or Israel, um, or maybe even Wales or Scotland, even though they're ahead of Ireland right now, than France and England. That's the main thing. And this decision about the 24 teams, like if we do host, do, do we qualify? Because like, I think was it not maybe five hosts? Would we have to qualify yeah. for 2028? Oh, we would have to qualify, yeah. Right. We would have to qualify. I can't see any way they'd, they'd let um, five teams in, even with 32. Uh, no, I think it was Martin Ziegler a couple of weeks back. He's very good on this. Speculated that uh, the sort of inevitable rise, that these major tournaments all seem to expand. You know, it's just there's no way, there's no way of stopping them. Um but uh, it seems like the mood music in UEFA changed and maybe they were realising that if you went from 24 to 32, then qualifying would be a complete farce and the, the, the value of the TV rights and all of that would be compromised. I understand that for a lot of countries, uh, qualifying is, is not that interesting, but even I'm talking there now, but Ireland's situation, there's an element of jeopardy around this draw. If you have a 32-team tournament, it's great in the sense of like you know more chance of being involved in the competition, um, but obviously the, the tension and the qualifying almost becomes non-existent for, for at the top end of it. Now, I, I will say, having never seen Ireland play in a World Cup, I would support the expansion of that <laughs> to 128 teams if necessary. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the, the Euros, I think... I think we qualified, 16 Dan. Was probably, 16 was probably fine, 24. I, I, see, I don't know, Johnny, because this, this is the most important draw of, of them all, like of Stephen Kenny's life. Mm. I mean, I can sit here and think, yeah, I think Ireland will be fine next year. I, I'd give them a, a strong chance of qualifying. Well, if we, so if we had 128-team World Cup, do you think we would Yeah, oh, no, oh, sorry, sorry. I think, we, I think we'd do it. Yeah, no, I think we'd do well, see it. See that, Dan, um, like, you're, like, see on the, the, the fact that you're trying to, who we get and what, avoiding pots. Yeah. But it's always been the, it's always been the teams below us that we've struggled against in, 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 in the last... Yeah three years we struggle against the teams above us I well. know but that but like what I'm saying is like the teams are expected we, we, we've to been be. plucky against the teams above we generally, us. Exactly. we generally just struggle our performances against the teams above us have been good we punch above our own yeah, exactly, against, exactly our performance we still we, we mightn't beat them nothing wrong with the Scotland game nothing wrong with losing Scotland but we were, and our performance was good in that but then you go and play Armenia and our performance isn't good even though you win it's, you need to beat the weaker teams at home especially but, but that yeah. comes from the back of performances you're not going to beat them if you don't perform mm. That's what it has to come I, down to. By the way, goals I, I, in the Premier League. 5-1 to Newcastle now against Brentford. Ethan Pinnock own goal. And Chelsea 3 Wolves nil. Armando Broya uh, for pensioners. Uh, so he's got off the mark. Go on, Dan. Yeah, there's a, there's a mad discrepancy in something between these pots because of the Nations League. And Graham is right. Like, I mean, if Ireland can take care of pot four and pot five, you know, and if they get a six team, which I think if they did, they'd, they'd definitely beat them. Um, you know, then you have a platform that yeah. you have a goal at the top two. Uh, and the fear, you know, it's Azerbaijan, Luxembourg. You look at their, they're the teams that are in pot four this time. The Faroes are in pot four. You could have the Faroes from pot four and Gibraltar from pot five, or you could have Turkey and Slovakia. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a really random because the Nations League promotion relegation has just, has, has created 
uh, a scenario where you look at it tomorrow and there'll probably be some very soft groups and then there'll be a couple of stinkers. Yeah. Uh, and Stephen Kennedy's priority, I suppose, the hope is to be in one of the, the one of the soft ones or even something in between. And and I think as well, the big thing is that it's the order of fixtures too, which is also computer, you know, or, or UEFA generated now anyway. Um, clearly, like Stephen Kenny has started all of his campaigns badly. No one mm. can argue that. Mm. Um, and any scenario where they could get points on the board early and just sort of relax and take a breath and stop the night. I think, you know, I think you know, that would be important. And I mean, Ireland have dropped points against lower teams earlier on, so they have had chances to do that. But if they could avoid playing a top seed or a top two seed next March and try and get some momentum going that way, you know, that could be a refreshing you difference. Put now, you put something out a while ago there, Dan, about Ian Ryan and the Bowles situation. Oh, God, yeah. Thanks for <laughs> dropping that one on me, Gareth. Um, I, how long have we got? Um, uh, you got about um, two minutes. Two minutes. I, I wanted to I, say I, something. Sorry, Johnny. Bloody hell. I, I would this say, is you can say it in the pub. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say I'll say everything's a bit up in the air generally with the Bowes job. I don't expect any appointments uh, today anyway. Seems to be chopping and changing. But Johnny's got something to say. So it's well, Johnny, this is your big, this is your big yeah. moment. We haven't mentioned, we haven't mentioned last night, the grudge game. The dark goal against Pats, oh, and yeah, it was uh, like this, this the battle for third is 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 real. It's on, and obviously you had the Stephen O'Donnell situation in the off season. It was as an ac- acrimonious a departure as we've seen really in Ireland, and Pats got a goal, JD, almost the last kick. I of the saw game. it. I was watching it on the um... game. But one thing, if you watch this right, Sam Curtis is 16 years of age. Watch his tackle to set up the, the, the his tackle and his pass. And I know he's he's going to leave. Like he's probably going to go to a big club in England, possibly a club we're watching right now. He's going to be a, a hell of a talent, I think. But for 16 years of age in a game of that importance, and look at the Pats fans the way they celebrated. I mean, that was a great goal. Actually. It was it was it was amazing. And I'm sure it was goal wrenching for Dundalk, who still have like a very strong position of finishing third. But this was it was compelling stuff. It was Speaking of away days, if, you, if people watch the video with that goal, what you have to look out for is that there's a porta cabin behind the goal, which is like a, <laughs> yeah. the toilet. So when Pat's score, you can see four, there's a massive <laughs> celebration, and four lads come sprinting out with a toilet to celebrate, having not seen a thing. Stuart tried to hold the gate closed as well. The, the, the gate out of a porta cabin is a little bit alarming, actually. They obviously have to go to the toilet. They're the gate open and they're running out. There was one Stuart there, like just trying to be his hands out. Hashtag away. Yeah, yeah. Dan, Dan, thanks so much and enjoy Frankfurt. Enjoy the best version in town as we're checking out on the old um, uh, oh, bin, yeah, bin, yeah. Bindin Pilsner. If they ask me if do I know, do I know a man called John Duggan, I'll doubt your evidence of midweek uh, your midweek excursion being very respectable, John. You know, okay. See. Enjoy, Dan. See it. <laughs> Thank you, John. Okay, Graham and Johnny. Thanks so much, folks, thanks, for coming Sadie. in. Pleasure. Uh, full-time Chelsea 3, Wolves nil. Full-time Manchester City 4, Southampton nil. with Early and Haaland's 15th goal of the season, one of them. Newcastle 5, Brentford 1 it has finished. Bournemouth uh, have beaten Leicester 2-1. Brighton and Spurs kick off at half five in the Championship. Latest scores, Birmingham 3, Bristol City nil. Blackburn 3, Rotherham nil. It is Blackpool 3, Watford 1. Latest, Coventry nil, Burnley 1. Finished, Millwall 2, Middlesbrough nil. A goal has just gone in. He's always subject to VAR. Norwich three, Preston three. So Troy Parrott wasn't the winner. Norwich three, uh, Preston three. Wow. Yes. Get, get Loro back on. He'd be delighted. Stoke three, Sheffield United one. Swansea two, Sunderland one. All day to scores. West Brom nil, Luton nil. And Wigan one, Cardiff two. In Scotland, Celtic won in injury time against in Johnston earlier 2-1. Hibernian won, Motherwell nil. Livingston nil. Ross County won as full-time. And Rangers have beaten St. Mirren 
by four goals to nil. Thank you so much, folks out there across the country for listening today. Don't forget, we're back tomorrow, 1 to 7 here on News Talk. Joe Malloyne, the chair for Off the Ball. We'll showcase two live and exclusive commentary games in the Premier League. First up at two, Crystal Palace versus Leeds. Nathan Murphy and Brian Kerr will call that one. Then Stephen Doyle and Kenny Cunningham describing the action. Between Arsenal and Liverpool, that showdown kicking off at half four. We'll also have the Sunday pay per view across our digital and social channels from half 11. So to be sure to join Joe tomorrow for some great commentaries and conversation. If you missed any of the Saturday panel on Respecting the Sidelines or of any of OTB Football Saturday with Laro, Graham Gartland, Dan and Johnny, you can find the podcasts of our content on the OTB Sports app or be sure to listen back wherever you get your pods. Thanks so much for listening. Across Ireland on News Talk here today. We'll speak soon. Bye-bye. Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch Premier League Women's Super League Scottish Premiership And much more Live on Sky Sports 